for this lecture, I've taken the word eye-catcher as a starting point. And I think all my work can be related to that. And it's um, about the kick of looking. This work is called Speedy Spiral and consists of a double swirl, one made by holding a burning match in front of the camera, then the same spiral applied to the canvas again, but then with white paint. On the right of the picture, you can see how I made the swirl in front of the camera. It's really fake, but that's there I'm sitting. And I also made it then again with white paint, as you can see on the left side. I also use swirls indirectly in the three films currently showing in uh, Magasin Tre, in uh, Blondine, uh, Wave and Wind. Air currents to play a role for reasons that have nothing to do with the swirling air. This is the film Blondine. And for the Kwang Yu biennial in Seoul, I thought about the South Koreans with their uh, pitch black hair and thought it would be nice to bring a blonde to their country. The second one is uh, Wave, and this film brings together two motions of waving and swaying, uh, which are in fact unrelated and um, stand side by side in silence. I only uh, show still images because I think you will see them up and running in uh, Magasin Tre. And the third film um, that is up there is called uh, Wind. And this film was made in response to uh, wagon loads of autumn leaves that I saw being delivered to a coastal town somewhere in Belgium. Shortly afterwards, I myself collected leaves and laid them out to dry on the floor of my studio. I used them for the film Loop Wind, which opens with leaves being lifted up and blown along, carried by gusts of wind in the deserted industrial environment. Wind is invisible in itself, and for the exhibition Virvel, I brought together three films in which the wind can be seen, made visible by hair, leaves, uh, wheat, and a tail. The invisible made visible, that seemed like something interesting to show in an exhibition, and I was curious whether the wind would be tangible in the entire space. Looking is very important to me and I had never looked at my own work in this way before. It's so light and this new combination, it um, caught my air. When I made a model of it and looked at the three films at the same time, then I thought, okay, this should be the combination. As I said, I've taken Eyecatcher as the starting point for my lecture. Eyecatcher is the title of one of my recent works and I think that all my work relates to it. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to photograph the piece since it is uh, brand new, but you should imagine a sort of large uh, safety net, which is luminous and lights up at irregular intervals, and it's a kind of active uh, safety net. I've gone through my inventory list, and I will now show you the works that came ro rolling out of this, and that have something to do with how my eye catches images. When something just happens to catch your eye, one of my very first works from 1991, it's a collage of two old copies of a magazine that is out of print, it was a Dutch uh, magazine, and it's called Your Eyes Only. Your Eye knows the name of this work, I think, before you read the title, and it's called uh, Mickey Mouse. And this little work is called Kijk Eens, that is Dutch for have a look. 
And the way I look at it, it's a winking face. For me, it's an eye-catcher, but it's also a perfectly ordinary postcard with the text, have a look, which you see on the left side. Catch is the title of this work. You creep inside the eye of the girl and catch the ball or the moon. But this is too light, I think, to see because on the right side, on the top, you see a, a moon. And I think the, the point is that you get in doubt if you catch the moon or the ball. The word eye-catcher can be taken two ways. You catch something with your eye or your eye is drawn to something, like a magnet. In the first case, the magnet is in the eye and in the second case, the magnet is in the object. Now I could continue searching for Im images that catch the eye or that the eye catches, but that would be a predictable description of the structure of my work. That can't be right, it must be different, so I'll start again. The film loop dream machine, uh, that you see is still of here, began with something very concrete. I wanted to film a drop of milk in a glass of water. And that's all. Later, I reused the film for new works. I recycled it. I'll show the film now, and it lasts about two and a half minutes. Drops of milk in a glass of water. I watched the film many, many times. First, I saw just milk. But at a certain point, I saw a dog in the milk. I don't know if you see it too. <laughs> as soon as I saw a dog, I started seeing more and more. So maybe you should look if you see the same. But I saw a bison. Yeah, there's the bison on the middle, on the right. And I saw a dragon. Well, that takes a while. Seahorses an elephant at a certain point, but maybe you should look for yourself if you see that too. That's the elephant on the right side. <laughs> you might think I'm seeing ghosts. But <laughs> and then as soon as I saw that, oh yeah, even a cloudy sky here in the end, I really wanted to do something with the animals and with the things that I saw in my own film. Since I wanted to do something with the animals um, in the work, I recycled my work, in other words. Therefore, I can now take recycling as the starting point of my lecture. In all my days, I would never have imagined that I could relate all my work to that. And yet, I must admit, frankly, that since Dream Machine, recycling has crept into my work unnoticed. I choose a film still of the dog. I printed it very large on linen, drip paint onto the linen, and thus created my first painting. Actually, when I started, I was a sculptor and I never would have imagined making a painting. So this was my first painting ever. Then I took also the image of the bison, of the seahorses, and actually next to the image, the dragon that I saw in there which has an elephant in his belly and Dream Machine's plane. So the title of Dream Machine is actually that the whole film is a kind of machine that was creating other images. And the dog and the trails for me, actually it was quite a shock to discover that my fascination for the slow moving razor sharp trails of milk in a glass of water meant that I could put aside the concrete of the milk in the glass so radically. And it was a new uh, way of working for me really an eye-opener. Painting had me in its grasp. Well, painting, opinions differ on that. For me, there are 
they are drip paintings but ask a painter in your studio and he calls no no this is not a painting this is a drawing i didn't let that bother me and i took another film that i found challenging to freeze the thing that was moving a film with a lot of motion blur and that is the film trembling if you see how much it's uh, shaking and moving uh, then i thought it might be an idea to take some of the stills of this film and then I wanted to introduce sharpness by applying a lot of paint to the canvas and here I made paintings I think it is a little bit uh, light so you hardly see the difference between the paint and the photograph which is the base but maybe on this one you see it more clearly so what what I did is that you have two things at the same moment. You have the the focus and the out of focus. I painted the flowers with a large self-made double brush and the stems come straight out of the tube of paint. In my studio, there was also a broom, strips of wood and a steel ruler, all of which I used because you can also paint with them. The blossom film, The Fuck, contains so much trashing and swaying movement that I also indulge myself with it. For every film still from the fuck, I began with what can be seen in the still. So I took a film still as a starting point for another uh, painting. And I can show a few of them now. This one is called Blossom Branched, Blossom Brush, Blossom Sweep and Blossom Bow. And I will also show you now the film uh, The Fuck. You can see how I took my inspiration from my own work. If this is not recycling, then I don't know it anymore. I found that recycling very exciting and I wondered whether I had other films that might be suitable for that. But that this I will show you a bit later. So it's actually a, a bit the same as the film Trembling, that the parts that are out of focus, I, uh, I like the most. And those I took for the film stills printed on uh, linen. Actually, I never uh, used a title. Normally, the titles that I used are very direct. So if, if there's a man under the shower, it's called shower. And um, But in this case, I couldn't um, resist to uh, take the opportunity to call it the fuck. And here we are back to the beginning. There are works that already had a second handling before I could intervene, I discovered. What can you do with those? In the course of time, a film loop acquires scratches and lines. I printed stills of a used film onto sheets of mirror. You see all the scratches, specks of dust and scorch marks caused by the heat of the lamp and the dust. Traces drawn by aircraft across the blue sky and traces caused by wear and tear. They combine together in one image. Furthermore, as a bonus, the reflection of the visitors adds movement to the frozen image, which is again very different to a film projection. What I did is a damaged film still on the mirror, and um, the work is called Traces. So you have the traces actually double the image of the film and the scratching of the damaged film. It comes from uh, this film and it's called Sky Typers. The other, the previous work is based on this uh, film. It's a film I made in New York where you often see sky typers. That's also the title of the film. Normally they make with the 
white smoke, they make messages. So they say, for instance, uh, uh, the Big Apple 0800, you see a number and or they can can really make messages. And I asked them just to produce uh, smoke and nothing else than that. And then this came out. The strange thing of this documentation is that you see on top, you see a kind of air conditioning and you see some steam comes up, but that does not belong to the film. Uh, this is documentation in the Van Abbe Museum where I showed it at the time. And uh, something different is here. I also showed it on the in the place where I shoot the film, uh, on a roof in New York. So it's not only the case that you're constantly seeking a different method of working or other means by which to make something, as for instance, you always want to make a different painting. Uh, you're also looking for different ways to present a work. So I think if to present a work here outside is the whole context of the work is very different from the white box of a museum. So it's um, two different ways. Uh, the same counts here for a film is called uh, Shower. This was in Venice. I showed it for the first time. And during the humid days and the hot days of the Venice Biennial, what could be better than cooling off under a shower? That was for me a point of it. Later, I uh, had this, the same uh, piece at Schiphol Airport because the context of it is so different. I think here it is like a refreshing image for travelers who are in need of it after maybe returning from a long, long trip. So the context changes the meaning of the work a little, I would say. I have another example of this changing uh, context. This is a film, it's called Lichte Stelle, and it was made for the Expo 2000 in Hanover. I made this film of a boy looking out across a lake, and the pockets of his swimming trunks are hanging out, and water is constantly dripping from them. Drip, 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 so the pockets are a little bit too big. Together with the architectural firm Bentham Crowell, I made a pavilion in which to present this film to an optim with an optimal effect. And here you see the little pavilion from the outside. There was uh, concrete and glass, and on the outside there were disco balls that come a bit close to the dripping out of his pocket, I think. And when I made the film, uh, you probably saw a duck swimming, and I thought, oh no, a duck comes in, the f because then you can't put it together into one film loop. But I was very lucky, because the duck came in on the left side, and it was swimming out on the right side, so I could connect the film with duck and everything. Those are the kind of things you cannot think about, but are in the end a kind of a gift, and can give a work something extra, I think. Later I showed it in the Smak in Ghent, and, uh, in a big room, and I built a bridge in the room. And that bridge, I think, you had to walk over the bridge to go from one room to another. And that bridge caused that the whole floor became, in fact, like water, what you also see in the image. Here you see a film in a shop or in a store that was already closed in Gateshead, and it was a a little bit, I must say, as if you look into a bathroom. And here it's the same piece, but then in a museum, so also in a total different situation. 
and this film is called Weather Forecast, where I pinned down four moments of rain, mist, sun and ice in one uh, panoramic shot. In Holland, like everywhere else, in fact, the weather is a daily topic of conversation. The sun may shine, but it's just as likely to start raining again. The two more or less go together. It's slightly different with the seasons, but very similar. Suddenly there is snow and immediately it starts to thaw again. But I digress, digress when I talk about different ways to present a work, which I see as a form of recycling or reusing. Now I could continue with various forms of recycling, but my work is really about more than that. I now also realize that I have to base my lecture on something else. I keep having the desire to capture more than one moment at the same time in the work. I really have to find another word as a starting point of my lecture, and that is synchronicity. Here you see a kind of synchronicity in the work Don't Walk Walk, in New York you have these traffic lights, or not anymore, but you had them at the time. And I was very confused when I saw one light and both were on. Uh, the lights were on for don't walk and for walk. So they were synchronized. Another example of this synchronicity is the you find in the work bear. Uh, here you see two juxtaposed images of a bear in a doorway once frontally and once in profile. It doesn't move very much, but the two moments at the same time does make the loop or the film, the work, a rich image, I think. It's a very bad VHS quality, so sorry for that. This work is called Walk Through Landscape, and in these works, two moments are combined into one piece. And it's called walk through landscape since you can only experience the work actually when you walk from the left to the right or the other way around to fully see the work. So the two moments here are also combined into one piece. One more in this category is zoeken en vinden, or in other words, searching and finding. I picked up playing tennis after many years and in this piece, Searching and Finding, I was searching for a tennis ball since I smashed it over the fence. And instead of a tennis ball, I found a hockey ball. Everyone has experienced these kind of things, I think, that you're searching for one thing and find something else. And the funny thing was that I played both hockey and tennis when I was young. When I had then the two balls, I had to make a piece out of it. Where else is this synchronicity effect? This one is called another leaf and a new leaf, and it functions a bit like a door. Two images of mountains are separated by using both the front and the back of a panel. The two photographs can't be seen at the same time, but are present simultaneously. And also here you can only experience this form of synchronicity if you actively are engaged with the piece, so you have to move to see both moments. In describing works such as A New Leaf and Another Leaf that you see here, works with snow and without snow, I'm coming more and more to the conclusion that my lecture has to be about appearing and disappearing. That should be the starting point of my lecture, I think. Walking and standing still, the one side and the other, coming and going, much of this is recognizable in my work such as in Le Retour du Chapeau, uh, The Return of the Head, 
when you see a head float by and disappear in the distance, you realize that in a film loop it will also return. The head comes and goes, and it's a bit like a game, like uh, a peekaboo game. This uh, I was making a walk in uh, in the mountains in Switzerland, and I was reading um, on a sign that there was a legend that if you lose your head on the wind, the wind is so strange, uh, also a kind of virvel, <laughs> the wind is so strange in that area that it, uh, the head returns back on your head again, which actually is the case. <laughs> this work is called Ice Kugel. It's a work in which the disappearance is more radical. So in that way, it um, really fits into the chapter appearing and disappearing. The ice ball disappears from the pedestal without leaving behind a visible puddle of water. When it's gone, it's gone. And um, I th think this chapter is then also finished, unfortunately. I find it best when disappearance and appearance are brought together by means of a picture, within a picture. Then something does disappear, but something else will appear. And this is a new approach of this lecture. I like an image within an image. Where that comes from, I don't know. It's an aberration, or in any case, I prefer several images at the same time. Even though it might be a matter of nothing more than a simple doubling, as, for instance, in this work called Upside Down. And it's a photo work that you can flip. So I could only show one side, but um, you put it on that wooden uh, little shelf. Uh, one side, and it's the same picture is printed on the other side. Framing within framing. This work is called Soon. And here the framing is an accentuation of what is already there. I use a whiteboard behind a branch. After soon I made uh, now, it's the same board, but then bigger. And the last one of these three is called coming up soon. And here I use a whiteboard on the street to catch the shadow of the leaves. Another photograph of that time is called stand in. And in the work stand in, I use a picture in a picture. Another time I've used a mirror. Once again, as a frame within the photographic image, as in works like this bang. And this work is called Pedestal. It is a kind of um, capturing reality one more time. If you take a mirror and you hold it in your hands and you catch an image, then you capture a reality for the second time. Um, this pedestal is to me actually the opposite of a work by Manzoni. Uh, the work is called Base Holding Up the World. And for me, this is uh, Base Holding Up the Sky, and then via a mirror. In short, when I use framing within framing, essentially, I want to see several moments as a single moment. So you have more than one moment. And that's another theme for my lecture, which should make it very clear what I'm doing. Another day is the title of this poster work. Uh, the piece suggests that the day is over, but also that the day is beginning. During a stay in South Africa, I took photos of her super romantic kitschy son. The title appears in large letters as a kind of lowered horizon in the picture. I manipulated the silkscreen prints with various rounds of iris printing. It turns each print into a unique moment. More than one moment. Um, this is a film that I just finished, and it's called Face to Face. 
where you see parrots circle around a willow. The question is, do the parrots see the face in the willow? Or is it the viewer who sees it? At least I saw a face in that willow or in the head of the tree. Um, but people, I think, in general have a primitive urge to see faces and objects in things. And in the film, the birds also seem to have that tendency because they are very attractive to the tree. To me, face-to-face -face is an encounter, not just between the birds and the tree, but also between the viewer of the film and the tree. So there is a second moment. Sometimes they are also a bit like airplanes, I think, when they are with the three of them. Saying the same from different angles, but then just slightly different, as I've shown, is a prominent feature of my work. I mean to show different angles simultaneously in order to come closer to understanding of the works that I make. I see something from several sides. I see it better, I see it as if as I've never seen it before. This theory of more moments within one moment is something I see above all in retrospect. I heard that the philosopher Karl Popper talks about scientific seeing in the context of justification and that is an argument based on logic and that in contrast to seeing in the context of discovery in which a scientist may use every method possible to enable him to make a discovery. I am not a scientist at all but the latter appeals to me a lot and each time I hope to have make a step and that all step by step. Thank you very much for being here.